This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. And we get the back view of him. And I mean, it's just a mega. 52 yards is a long shot. Uh, Magnum P.I. is what yeah. we named him. No idea. Just but, a magnum. Yeah, just a magnum. Come on, Cam Ashi. We, we said probably 150, mid 150. Yeah. Same Doe from the morning come out with that nine pointer. Here, here steps out this 90 inch eight pointer. Like, <laughs> yeah. Ah. I'm like, okay, well, there's still a buck back there grunting. Yeah. And then out steps like another 90 inch eight yeah. pointer. I'm like, oh, all right. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. You're like, I'm like, deer, right there. Yeah, like And he's 30 already yards. 30 yards. Yeah. He he was literally five yards from the base of the tree. Could have been had a buck down at 140 in the afternoon, back there deep on public. Three does come out pretty early. It was like 245, 24 yard shot, sent the combat veteran. And I tell you what, man, dude, it just smoked. We always get so jacked up when the other person kills. It's just almost like we got it done. Yeah. And when you kill that doe, I was like, hell yeah, man. And we come down here to Missouri. My ass Comey one more time. I'm like, is it a good buck? And he goes, yeah, real good, solid buck. I'm like, all right, boom. <laughs> and the deer just drops. Sure. Super special to me. Whitetail Legacy Podcast, bringing you back to the hunt and leaving a legacy. Baller rut. Ready? Ready, go. To the White Tail. Welcome to the White Tail Legacy Podcast. Coming in your ear holes on this cold, cold Wednesday. Uh, this weekend's about to get nuts losing cold. Yeah, I seen it's like with the wind chill is gonna be negative twenty-eight. Yeah, the real temp's supposed to be like negative seven. I'm like, man. Hopefully we ain't gotta work. That's gonna be terrible. Yeah, yeah, but I got a feeling it always happens. Yeah, for sure. But uh, we probably sound a little bit different. I'm uh, I'm in my garage in the studio. Homie's in his basement. <laughs> We're both filming this because uh, we started doing that 
you catch it on Last Breath uh, TV's YouTube page. If you want to watch us talk, um, <laughs> which is so weird. This is our second one. This is my first one, homie's second one. So it's something we're trying to get used to, but um, going to sound a little different. And then we got another guest coming on. We got a three-way going on here, uh, White Tail Legacy style. So, <laughs> all right, homie, uh, dude, I didn't, we didn't talk about it, but are we going to do the uh, hotline every episode? The hotline. The suicide prevention hotline. Oh, uh, better. Yeah, yeah, we can definitely do that here. Um, I know that's something that we talked about that we were gonna do, but we haven't had an episode where we started it, so I think we should do it now. Absolutely. Um, the suicide prevention hotline number is one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. And uh, if you do not want to make a phone call, they also have a chat option available. So, um. I guarantee everybody knows somebody right now that, especially with everything going on in the world, um, somebody out there is struggling more than you probably know, and um, that number could be a great outlet for them to reach and have some privacy. All right. Well, I'm going to get into the Exodus Trail Cam tip of the week for you guys. Um, this time of the year, most everybody has their trail cams out. We actually still have a couple out in the woods. Uh, most people have them in, at the house sitting around, but uh, one thing we really like to do this time of the year is take your batteries out of those cameras. Those batteries that corrode, um, sitting on the counter, getting condensation from in the house, and uh, we'll put some corrosion on your contact points, and I've actually ruined cameras from having batteries set in them. Um, one other thing we like to do is, if you haven't done it at the beginning of the year, mark your SD cards that you pull off those cameras. Uh, one thing I like to do is mark them and then go through everything one more time. And I was just doing that the other night. And I sent you pictures of stuff that we missed. Yeah. Like, like chaos going through there, you know, daylight, <clears throat> the day after shotgun season when we sat all day there, you know, and he's 60 yards from the blind the day, the next day. And we completely missed it. I just, I think when you have a mobile camera, and you're looking over a big vast area and you're just swiping through all the pictures and one's like he's just barely on there you just miss it looking on your phone because it's so small yeah when you can pull it up on a laptop you can see it so much better yeah i definitely agree with that and um if you're not running the video mode like we run the lift twos in video mode and uh, we had a mobile on top of it and that mobile went into delay from early detection and then that that 10 second video was able to capture a buck going through and something you didn't see on the mobile. So you think that there's no deer in the area or whatever. And, um, lo and behold, you know, there was a buck that cruised through and you, you just missed it. So you can, you can pick up stuff like that. And just like Cody was saying there, you, when you get it blowed up on an actual computer screen, you can see a lot more detail in the pictures as well. Yeah. So just to reinstate that mark your SD cards, Go through them one more time and make sure and get all the batteries out of those cameras and get them staged up um, for next year, or I guess this year, you know. A lot of people, some people putting them out for turkeys. I've never done that, but I might run some mobiles for some turkeys this year. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> just to see if there's any in the area. So be nice just to know what time they're hitting the field, you know, periodically. So it's something I've never done, something I think about. But uh, do you have next level deer supplements? Yeah, uh, the Next Level guys have actually been to a couple shows already, and they're 
Next show that they're going to be attending is going to be the Iowa Deer Classic. That is going to be the weekend of March 5th through the 7th. They're going to have a booth set up there. So you guys will be able to go there and um, be able to meet Nate and Scott and uh, see some of the deer that they've been able to um, provide nutrition to through their supplemental feeding program. Um, if you guys want to check them out before the show, get a little background on there, uh, you can do that at nextleveldeer.com. Yeah, I'm excited to go up there. I'm going to try and make it just because we've known him for so long, but we've never met him in person. Yeah, so right. Nice <laughs> to actually meet him in person. That's it seems like we have. I know. It's crazy you know? to think that we haven't even like shook their hand, you know? Yeah, we talk to him every day, but we haven't ever met him. And then we were going to you know, meet him during turkey season last year, but COVID put the stop to that. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'll be, uh, I'll be, I'll have the antibodies for, they're saying, at least three months. So, oh, so you'll so be I'll, solid. Yeah, I'll be solid. I'll be definitely going up there. <laughs> I'm invincible for at least three months now. Uh, but uh, is that it? What else we got? I think that's it, man. Oh, we got last breath. Yeah, if, if you want to see, I uh, say our hunt is up. Uh, Logan and I's hunt from a couple weekends ago, and that is up there. Um, it is a last breath live. And um, also our video podcast is up there if you want to check that out. Uh, we did share that on our social. The link's there if you are um, a little internet lacking, and um, that'll be able to get you there. But um, I liked that, and it was definitely a fun trip and cool to you know cool for Logan to learn how to run a camera and then be able to watch some of his uh, crispy footy, as we were calling it, uh, that he laid down up there for us. So hopefully next yeah, year, he'll, um, get he'll up be there again. What's that? He'll be buying a camera now. He was talking about, he's like, man, I see how people like this. I was like, all right, you, you, you got it. Yeah, you're done. Yep. <laughs> you're done for. <laughs> so if you're going to, if you're going to get rid of your old one, you might be able to make him a sweet deal. For sure. Not, but yeah, you got, you really did a good job on that. I wasn't able to make that traveling on the road. And then my life went to hell after that with oh, traveling yeah. and COVID and all that stuff. So, but you got, you crushed it, you and Logan up there and I'm back now and hopefully we get, you know, we get the content rolling, get back in gear and uh, we're still both not working at home. So definitely a struggle to try to make this podcast work and having to travel further for work and everything. But I think where I'm working is going to be my new home. <laughs> Do you? You like it there? I do. I do. I figure once you get out of the yard, you would like it so Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Way better. I kept telling you guys, I'm like, I don't know why anybody stays here, <laughs> but you all need to stay here so you don't figure out it's good somewhere <laughs> yeah, else. Yeah, right? Exactly. Uh, all right. Well, we, we, uh, we haven't figured this whole video thing out, so Tom has been patiently waiting just to listen to us ramble. So how are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing great. All right, great. He did not fall off or fall asleep on. <laughs> we appreciate you hanging out. We're not sure how to pause the GoPro and then call you and have you back on. Uh, something that we're going to work on in the future for sure, figuring out. But uh, we got uh, Tom from Oral Valley Outdoors on, and uh, you know, kind of last breath podcast this week about social media and whether it's a good thing and a bad thing. It's kind of going to tie into uh, what we're talking about tonight a little bit. Uh, but first off, just inter- introduce yourself to the listeners a little bit. All right, yeah, no problem. Yeah, like they said, my name's Tom Baker. Um, I started my brand, Oil Valley Outdoors, um, September of 2018, right before our archery season. 
it was kind of funny how I started it. I was on a team prior to starting my own and things just weren't working out and this and that and another, no hard blood or nothing, but I wanted to do my own thing. I had a vision for it and I just wanted to try it out. And so far so good. I mean, it's been doing good now. This upcoming September will be three years of me having the brand open. Yeah, I seen that you just won a award here. Did you win that today or the, you know, last weekend or when did when did you get that? Yeah, actually, the drawing for that uh, staff of the year for heated hunt you're talking about. The drawing was, I wouldn't call it a drawing, but more they just picked. Um, about two weeks ago, I just got it in the mail today. So nice. Well, congratulations. That, that was pretty cool. Yeah, it's tough. You know, there's a lot of guys out there that are creating content and um you've really picked up on the pictures i really enjoy following your brand been pretty good at the photography skills and that's something i you know strive to do so anything i can look at and get maybe a creative idea or something i appreciate so we know it's tough making content and producing stuff takes a lot more work than people think but uh i enjoyed following your brand Uh, justin duncan's actually the one that um showed me your brand uh maybe two years ago or so so oh yeah <laughs> yeah we uh we were with another team when we very first started way back in the day and we kind of had the same thing where we wanted to start our own thing and it's hard to work with people if you don't feel like they're putting in as much work as you and uh i feel like you put a lot of effort in your brand you know and there's some guys that just do this kind of half-heartedly instead of just going all in right yeah i mean i feel like i've i do my part for photography and just creating posts the content the the captions i i try really hard just to just for the followers to kind of get a feeling you know oh you know this feels like something i've been through or they can relate to it somehow in some way you know and if they can't then at least i can provide a very good quality picture for them to look at you know, just to grab their attention yeah like you said with guys having their own stuff and not putting forth the effort it i mean it does happen and honestly i kind of feel that way about myself i've been <laughs> really wanting to do some video i've been telling myself and jill for the past year now and i just honestly haven't done it i have a lot of b-roll saved but i don't have any hunts or anything to start doing my youtube that's definitely gonna have to change here in the near future yeah going out and videoing videoing stuff or you know just like you said b-roll but then being able to get that stuff all put together and being able to you know have a story or um whether you got you know a couple good clips in there of you know of a deer doing something cool um being able to get it all put together is quite a big challenge and you know, people are like, oh, yeah, I want a video. You know, they see somebody put out a video like, oh, yeah, I can do that. And then when you get to that point after the hunt's over and you're trying to put it all together, it can be overwhelming, especially at the beginning when you're just starting out. Right. Yeah, definitely is. I think my biggest downfall, though, is not having the right equipment. And I, I hate using that as an excuse because, honestly, for all my photography still, I'm editing them on my phone. I don't do anything on a laptop. Jill has a camera that hooks up via 
Wi-Fi to my phone. That's how I download my pictures. And then I have software on my phone to edit my pictures. So like, that's the hardest part for me, I think, is it's going to be another leap, which is more money, obviously, getting a nice desktop, laptop, whatever. You know, it's just, it's a lot more into it. And I just keep pushing it back and I really need to stop and just start doing it. It's it's a big task to, you know, to start. And just like you said, I mean, buying a, a computer nowadays or a, a big desktop and then getting everything loaded onto there. Uh, it's, uh, it's something I don't look forward to, but I know here in the next year or so, I'm going to be buying a new laptop because this one here is about full. So it'll be something that you just got to do and you'll just think about the end product or, you know, what your vision is and being able to have that forever is something that Cody and I really, um, bank on is, you know, it's not for everybody out there to watch. It's more for us to have it for ourselves and be able to show our kids that we went out there when, you know, they were four years old and we shot this deer and then we brought it home to them and, you know, they were all excited and get all that on video. So stuff like that is, um, kind of our motivating factor. Right. Yeah. And then once you got it, you got it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Everything we bought, like the big stuff, the big hitters, like we just bought a new camera and it was very costly, but now we got it. So we're good now. Uh, I I would say we're good for a while. I mean, stuff keeps coming out. They just had one that, you know, filming at 8K. I'm like, I don't know if (laughs) you ever need that. Like realistically in the future, you might want that, but right now, homie, can you see any reason to have that? <laughs> Bro, then you would be able to get that eyeball shot you want. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, something. no. <laughs> yeah, you'd be able to get something. You'd be, <laughs> you could film a whole football field without even touching the, the zoom. The zoom factor. <laughs> you could film scores in each touchdown. Not have to touch <laughs> yeah. Anything, so. Yeah, I, today I actually just saw there on Facebook, Sony released their brand new. I don't know what model was. I can't remember, but they released a new camera today, and that thing videos in 4K, 120 frames per second in 4K. I'm like, holy! Just yeah. imagine the storage that takes. I say you want to talk about can filling you, up a car. Can, you, <laughs> can your camera even last that long? That thing would be overheating. You know what I mean? Now we were talking. How long is one 4K clip? A uh, four minutes, like one gig. No, four a uh, f- uh, four a five minute clip was four and a half gigs. Four yeah, that's just nuts. Yeah, that's nuts. And then try to send that somewhere <laughs> to get it edited. Yeah, which right. I'm having trouble doing right now. So there's no split. way you could send that without it being compressed. You know, there's I find it hard to believe. That's just nuts. Homie makes it happen. Yeah, <laughs> we made it happen. He's got, shit, he's got that shit down. I I gotta learn it, so I'm excited to really get pissed off when I try to figure all that stuff out. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyways, the reason we wanted to have you on is Last Breath did a podcast this week about is social media good for hunters and whatnot, and you actually made a post on social media that made an impact to me, and it was talking about a buck that you killed this year. And why it was special to you. So we wanted to kind of talk this whole podcast about hunting heritage and how it's something that's lost because it's not something that people talk about. 
Um, you don't see a lot of guys like talking about hunting with their grandpa or talking about hunting with their dads or there's a lot of people out there talking about the tactics that they're using, but no one's just not very many people are just showcasing the, the camaraderie and the, the heritage of hunting. I feel like that's lost. And I don't know why people aren't showcasing that on social media. One of my big dreams in life is I want to have, I want to build a nice garage in between my actual garage and my house right now. And I just want it to be a place that after shotgun season, like, 25 30 people come and we just hang around bring your kids and we just talk about deer hunting and what you know what happened and people got their bucks there i just feel like that'd be such a cool you know consecutive thing to do year after year and kind of make it a heritage for my kids to remember when they grow up so once i get the house edition done then i'm going to be doing that so give me about two years and i'm trying to buy land in the middle somewhere so <laughs> one 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 goal is going to get pushed off on the other one i know but uh, uh that's that's something that i think is missed out on a lot no it definitely is it is sad you know scrolling through facebook or instagram whatever it may be and not seeing more of it just like you mentioned it's more about me and what i'm doing this is my style and that's something i'm never going to tend away from you know growing up i've it's family from the beginning that's how i got introduced to hunting to fishing to trapping everything that's something i don't take for granted and that post you're talking about um definitely at home it was very emotional for me at least just like I know it would be to a lot of people. But, uh, yeah, that was that was one to remember. Actually, to go into the hunt, if you guys want me to, I can kind of yeah, just run down, run down through how it all happened. But uh, my uh, best friend texted me that day. I've actually been laid off now since November 11th. And so it's like prime time hunting everything. So I was kind of stoked, but now I'm kind of getting bummed out because now i'm bored but it was uh rifle season here in pennsylvania and it was december 2nd i believe and uh, he messaged me that morning said he was going to put on a couple of drives and asked me if i wanted to tag along i said yeah i got nothing going on so headed out made a couple of drives you know nothing maybe pushed out a doe or two but nothing exciting and we're going up to our last spot and set us up Jay did my buddy and i never been in this part of the woods we were at is that on uh state game lands actually which is kind of cool too because i've never killed a deer on state game lands and set up on the spot and it seemed like forever so i like a half hour went by and i'm not seeing orange or nothing i'm like am I in the right spot? <laughs> you know, I'm like questioning myself. Like, I'm like lost. There's no way I'm going to find myself back. And uh, so I just hung out for a little bit longer. And I, where I was was in these hemlock thickets. And it was snowing like crazy the couple of days before. So there was, we had about, I don't know, five or six inches of snow. So with that wind on the branches, I mean, you you couldn't really see that far maybe 50 yards to get a clear shot and 
I'm sitting there waiting, waiting, waiting. I'm telling myself, you know, if I see a legal buck, I'm just going to shoot it. I'm, I'm tired of holding out on a big one and all this. And I just see Brown coming down over the hill. I'm looking, I'm looking. I seen I had antlers. I'm like, okay. So I'm looking, looking, put the gun up to it. I just seen a three on the one side. And I'm like, yep, he's legal. And he hopped behind this tree. And I lost him. So I'm looking, you know, trying not to get away from my gun just in case he pops out again real quick. He's obviously being pushed, nervous. He just, like clockwork, just took one more hop out from that tree into this opening and shot and let him have it. And I'm not trying to sound cliche, but he didn't go 20. <laughs> he piled up right there. And it was pretty neat. And then my buddy come down who pushed it. And that was actually the first deer we ever killed together. We've been hunting since, you know, we were 12. Not together, obviously. We're too young, but we got introduced the same time. And so it was, it was pretty cool. But then, you know, just taking time to reflect, to actually use my grandfather's gun to be the first one to kill a deer with it, you know, just put me in a different state of mind. You know, just made you really connect with everything with the heritage, with being brought up, you know, not taking it for granted. And that's something I'm not going to lie. That's something I think most of us do growing up, whether you're hunting with your uncle or your grandpa, your father, or mom, whoever it may be, whoever got you introduced and takes you out year after year, you take it for granted. Like, okay, next year it's the same thing we're going to do, you know, spend opening day with them and, to not be able to do that, you know, it's it's hard, you know. So, sharing a moment, you know, with myself and my best friend, and then Jill taking pictures, and it was nice, you know. It just made you appreciate where you came from, I guess. Yeah, for sure. I, there's nothing really. I mean, there's songs about it. Even there's just something about you know a gun that's been passed down or a gun that you got. From your grandpa, you don't really know like every story that it has, but you might, you know, know a few. And I got a gun like that, and it recently stopped cycling. It's a it's a it's a 22 semi-automatic Remington, worth maybe a hundred dollars, and I had it completely tore apart in my house yesterday. And you know, my kid come in there and was asking what I was doing, and. I was trying to get it fixed, and my wife asked me, you know, what gun it was. There's a trick. If you just put a gun in the gun cabinet, don't get it out for, like, seven months. They would just think it's something that you had for a long time. So she doesn't know half this crap I have, you know. So she has no idea what I got, but I had that thing tore all apart. She's like, well, how much is it? Because I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get this thing back together. <laughs> and... Uh, I told her, I said, well, it's not, you know, worth anything. It's just, you know, it's my grandpa's coon gun, and it's the stocks just beat up to hell. But I took it all apart, cleaned it all, put it back together, and it cycles perfect. So, like I said, I might be able to get $100 for it, but it's just something about, you know, it's, it's your grandpa's gun, you know, and he hunted with it, and he probably killed 100 coons with that gun, and, beat him over the head with it. The, the, the butt stocks kind of busted and a lot of, 
lot of memories that my guns had. So I could see, you know, you shooting one with your grandpa's gun being the first one, you know, with, with a buddy they haven't killed a deer with before. And kind of, I know it was kind of a long time since you had killed a buck also. So all that combined made it a pretty special moment. And I feel like some people take those moments in and soak them in. And some people, I don't know if it just happens so like every year it happens, they kill a deer or something, but that's something we try to do is just soak that in and and uh, slow down. Homie, do you have any of your grandpa's guns or your dad gun or anything? No, I have a uh, 20 gauge Remington 870 that um, my dad bought when he started hunting back in 94. He bought two of the same exact guns, and then here in probably 2005, he had one um, custom spray-painted, custom-colored, and uh, one in green and one in like a kind of like a rust color. And then we just, that's how we differentiate between the two guns, the green gun or the brown gun. And um, I had just grown up using the brown gun, and... uh, he did some looking back on the uh, serial numbers, and it come to find out that the gun that I have is the deer, the gun that he shot his first deer with, and he thought it was the other way around. He thought it was the green gun, and which is the gun that he had used. And um, here, probably, um, I want to say four, four or five years ago, um, might, maybe even longer than that, um, my uncle had passed away, my dad's brother. And it was just kind of a sudden, out of the blue type deal. And um, my dad and him were pretty close. So obviously, you know, my dad was pretty tore up about it. And um, he just said that, you know, he had some things that he wanted to do before, you know, something weird and random happened to him. So that's how I ended up with that gun, um, you know, four years ago. So I killed my first deer with it. He's killed his first deer with it. And, um, I'm going to let the wife take it out this fall and maybe she can, uh, do the same. Then of course we'll have it for both of our boys this, um, well, not this year, but coming up, you know, and, uh, be a lot of firsts on that gun for sure. Yeah. Super cool. There's something about, you know, there's something about guns like that that just hold a special place, you know, for a country boy, you know I mean? Or for someone that likes hunting, they just something about them. Uh, you don't hear like a lot of bows getting passed down or, you know, anything like that. It's always the gun. It's always a gun that's got passed down and it's got a lot of memories with. So, yeah, really the only bows that I hear about getting passed down are like, you know, a long bow that their grandpa had back in, you know, 63, you know, and yeah. just, you know, it had a couple deer on it and it's just kind of been in the corner and, you know, now trad's starting to take off again. So, um, a lot of, guys are scooping them up yeah yeah tom was your did you hunt with your grandpa pretty often oh yeah um i I mean every year if not every weekend of the same year um we he actually built his uh quote-unquote cabin and you know i say cabin you're thinking this high dollar high class luxury suite in the woods which it wasn't at all but that was just what we referred it to as grandpa's cabin and he built that, I believe, in 08. And uh, we would go up, me and my brother Matthew, my younger brother, we would uh, go up every opening day weekend of PA rifle hunting and stay the, the night in the cabin the night before opening day. We'd bring up a radio, 
that operate on batteries. We'd listen to, you know, what if it was froggy or whatever country music, or if he had some debate he wanted to hear, whatever it may be, he was big into politics. We'd always just listen to it and we'd bring a, a card table up and play cards and nothing more than just a uh, wood stove for light and heat. And we slept on cots, me and my brother and, Grandpa slept in his lazy boy up there. He had to have it. <laughs> he wasn't sleeping in his lazy boy. He wasn't sleeping. So we all hung out there. And then in the morning, we just either we'd get together and watch over hillside or we'd spread out. And later in the day, we start pushing for each other. But it's funny, though, you know, looking back at it. And you know, Grandpa is always very, uh, I don't know how to say it, but he always wanted to one up you i guess you could say just because he's grandpa you know he's been there done that he's gonna do it more time than you have all jokes you know nothing serious and looking back at it now and then realizing you know i just killed the first deer with this gun i look up and i said well grandpa i outdid you here <laughs> you know it's just you know it's just something you always have you always have the jokes with whoever it may be in your family you know and, uh, but yeah, we'd always, we'd always hunt together every year. So not being able to now really, I mean, it doesn't really feel the same, you know, back then we're all, it was like Super Bowl weekend. Yeah. We were, it was like a holiday for us. We took it as a holiday. It was your favorite time of the year. We got to spend the night with grandpa in the cabin. And then in the morning we got to go deer hunt. Like what more could you ask for, you know? And, so not having that now is, you know, it sucks, you know, but there's nothing you can really do about it except just continue bringing, you know, your kids and if you have nephews or nieces or whoever that want to be involved in hunting with you and just get them introduced and, you know, that cabin still stands today. So we still use it. And it's funny, though, because Jill just killed the first deer ever out of that cabin since 2008 no one has killed a deer out of it and she just killed her first deer out of it this archer season on the very first sunday ever allowed in pennsylvania so it was right there i mean this year is nothing but grandpa i guess <laughs> you know the memories and it's been a great year and yeah, it is something cool and i think like we said at the beginning that's something that's lost i don't know just I think it may be just our state, homie. There's not a lot of guys that get together like that and have camaraderie. I know that you kind of used to do it at your dad's, but mm-hmm. I don't know very many guys that do that. It seems like it's kind of like a a couple guys or the people that hunt the property. Everybody's just so serious about it now that it seems like a lot of the camaraderie has gone or the heritage or like, this is what we used to do. Cause I, so no one in my family hunted at all. My dad, my grandpa hunted, but I actually never hunted with my grandpa. So he hunted before I was born and when I was young, and then he moved into the city and never hunted again. It's just something he never did deer hunt. He said that there was no deer to hunt when he was growing up. So he hunted for the hide prices for coons. And then once they lost their value, he just stopped hunting. Um, he did some duck hunting too, but I never went hunting with him. So I never really had a heritage or a tradition that I did like that. But that's something that, I mean, 
you something that I think you should carry on with your kids. And then if you could have your grandkids there and you could be grandpa, how magical would that be? You oh, know, for you, sure. You got the gun and now you're a grandpa and you're doing this, you're one up on them and doing the same thing. And, you know, uh, telling them the story about the time you killed this buck over here and they ain't killed anything. So they need to listen to you. You know what you're doing <laughs> <laughs> and all that stuff. It's just stuff that is definitely lost. And if there is more people out there that have that heritage, I wish they would share it with us. It's just something that you don't hear a lot of. And it's something that we don't have around here at all. So. Yeah. I mean, Pennsylvania alone, I mean, you know, a few years back, what they say, it's like the biggest army in America when the rifle season's here, you know, or whatever. It's just, there's a lot of people that hunt in Pennsylvania. And so I think that's more common, I guess, what I'm trying to say around, around here than you guys. But yeah, I mean, you definitely see a decline in it, especially here too. That's just, I think, the lack of hunters. There's not a lot of people doing it like there used to be. I was doing research just for Pennsylvania alone, and back in 2015, there was 1.1 million hunting licenses sold. Now, that's resident and non-resident. That's a total. This past year, there's only 600,000. Dang. You know, that's that's quite a big difference in just five years. It's a huge I, difference, yeah. You know, just that alone, obviously, you're not going to be hearing about these stories and this and that and another, you know, guys who just are playing out aren't doing it, you know? Yeah. The old, the old timers that had this vision with their dad and grandpas, they're all fading out. And like I said, if you, if someone doesn't carry on traditions like that, they're, it's all just going to fade out and there's going to be nothing left. That's why I want that damn shed and <laughs> just people to come and have a place to, to chill and crack some beers and talk about deer hunting after you know because if if you deer hunt friday or saturday saturday evening you're of shotgun season you're hunting it's not like i'm gonna take saturday shotgun season off (laughs) you're more than likely hunting so everybody you know that's a hunter went out hunting so if you could get 20 or 30 of them around you know couch pool table beer whatever just talking man it would be cool to, to be able to have that tradition to carry on and have that place for people to go because like i said it's going to end there's going to be no traditions like that um because it's already fading just like we're talking about so yeah i want to say around here like the most the biggest group of people that you know i could think of is like maybe four four guys because everybody's got to have their own spot everybody's got to have their own stand and everybody's got to have their own, you know, doing it on their own. Yeah. And, like, just like I was telling the wife here this past gun season, I was like, you know, taking gun season a little less serious, you know, I just want to shoot a deer with my bow. And, you know, then then whatever happens next is is whatever it is, you know. And um, I'm going to have her out this fall, so I'm going to be kind of probably babysitting her a little bit. Got the boys coming up, so really looking forward to like me gun hunting is is it's gonna look different and um you know it's just we're we're, i'm actually adding more people instead of you know breaking off and and going somewhere else and cody you got your boys that are going to be hunting at some point you would think and um you know it's 
it, just like you said, it's probably time for us to start like kind of our own tradition of, of getting together and having a nice big group and, um, telling lies. Yeah. I mean, you can, I know everybody's going to want their spot and you can go off and hunt your own hunt, but just having a place to come back and have a meal, sit around, talk, you know, kids get together. The kids are going to remember that just like Tom remembers that time with his grandpa. Mm -hmm. Um, if they end up loving the outdoors, it's probably going to be some of their best memories that they have. Uh, because it's going to be something special because it's not like it happens all the time. It happens you know, once a shotgun season, once a year, once a weekend, you know, one weekend a year, you, you do it. So I think that's something that maybe we could do is just try to start something, especially when the boys get into it, try to start something, get together. They can learn from each other and, um, definitely be, you know, another reason for us to hang out too. So that's always a, a bonus. Yeah. Yeah. But so Pennsylvania, I mean, losing that many hunters, it's crazy to, to see maybe just, it seems like I'm on social and there's just, maybe it's just cause I got like 3000 friend requests or whatever. <laughs> But it seems like they're, everybody's out there hunting, man. And there's a lot of people still hunting. I'm like, how long are these guys' the seasons? Go? <laughs> so, are you guys all done up in Pennsylvania? Yeah, our uh, season ended uh, January 18th, I believe. January 18th. Yeah, so yeah, that's about right when ours did. Yeah, it was the day after ours. Yeah, so there is still see guys out there hunting. I'm like, man, if, if you could go into February... Like you would, we would wear out. You would really wear out. For sure. <laughs> I wear out after November. So like if I had December, January and into February, it would be, it'd be tough, but yeah. Yeah. In the, uh, in the bow hunting league, Snapchat, the guy sent a picture of a really solid eight pointer that he passed and uh, Southern deer, you know? And I was like, when the hell does your season end? Never, he's like oh yeah pass him like down there it just keeps going and then opens up right? <laughs> yeah i'm like bro it's january 30th like let it rip here <laughs> still, still passing deer yeah i was yeah. like come on it just goes right into turkey season the day turkey season opens up the guys <laughs> down south are like all right time to wrap up deer season <laughs> yeah <laughs> be like man i need a break in between i gotta get shit done i got a lot of stuff i gotta do so oh yeah, our season ain't really isn't that long. It comes in the first weekend of October, and then that goes out um, a week or so before rifle season. And when when rifle season ends, which is like a uh, more than two weeks now, because they give us that first weekend. But when that ends, and late season comes back in, then it ends January 18th. Not obviously not every year, but this year happened to be. But uh. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of guys that hunt PA, but tell you what, growing up, you know, just being in like middle school and that, and then it was like all of your buddies were you know, telling stories about, oh, yeah, me and my dad are going to be camping out here. We found a new spot and blah, blah, blah. You know, just because everybody did it. That's how we were brought up. I feel like now no one talks about it. Now they're just talking about the next time they're going to be on Xbox Live together and playing Madden. You know, it's just, it's weird, you know, just what not even a 10 years difference can make. Yeah, definitely. 
I mean, we were the age of when social media started and they live in that and breathe in that, you know what I mean? So they're, they're involved in all that shit. Like it's just a normal life. That was something that we didn't have that really when, I can't remember when I got on MySpace. you know, I had to be 15 or 16. So all that time before you had to talk to your friends and tell them what you were doing. <laughs> so you didn't have, you didn't have anything. You, didn't, you couldn't talk to them at home unless you were texting them you know what i mean so right definitely a different era that we're living in but is myspace still going is my face yeah, I... still active it's <laughs> 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 sure like like a monster background and some like <laughs> some jaw rule or something i was say, bro you got a sick song on there i bet there. yeah hella beats Y'all need to go back to our MySpace pages and see what they look like. <laughs> I definitely would. I remember uh, I was obsessed with Taking Back Sunday, the band, and uh, I'd put them as my layout. And that, <laughs> I had them playing on my song, or, you know, when you click on your profile, it played that song. I don't know what song it was, but I remember they ex- they asked me to be their friend, and it was probably some spam account. Dude. I lit up like Justin Bieber just invited me to prom. <laughs> like, I was I so it, excited. I, yeah. I made it. I finally <laughs> made it. But yeah, definitely a different world. And everybody says that we're losing hunter numbers and it's going downhill. But I think um, the reason it just doesn't seem like it is because there's so many more Facebook groups. There's so many more teams. People are more adamant to get online and talk about hunting. So it just seems like there's an ass load of guys doing it. But before there was just a, you know, a ton of people doing it that weren't, you know, didn't have social media, didn't have a way to connect to people. And so it just didn't seem like it, I think. But around yeah. here, I know I say it a lot, but there's just not a lot of, at least where me and for me and homie, there's just not a ton of people that are really into hunting. So it's weird, but I know out in Pennsylvania, it's really deep in heritage, but Illinois is kind of weird, man. There's guys that are in it, but, and you would think, oh, no one's in it, it'd be easy to find ground, but man, it's tough. I don't. It's probably all bought and leased. You know, it's probably tough. To yeah. Hunt. It's all leased. The big bucks bring them in from out of state and it definitely makes it challenging, but. That's, that's what I was just going to say too, is you think it would be polar opposite, you know, with the size of bucks that are in your state compared to PA, you know, it's just, you would think it'd be different. You know, there'd be more hunters down there than there are here, but it's, it's not. Yeah. I think it's just Illinois and all of like the weird gun stuff that they have and the shotgun season dates are weird and a lot of stuff to drive uh, people away. And then, I mean, like ima- homie, imagine being a new hunter and wanting to hunt Turkey season for the first time in Illinois. Yeah. With like, with no guidance. With like the website we got and everything, you would have no idea. <laughs> right, I, I seen you commented on Clint McCoy's mm-hmm. Facebook post there, and yeah. like that, that is, it's atrocious. I mean, it's absolute trash. Yeah, it's set back like 30, 40 years. It's like the analog. <laughs> exactly, like, it's when I definitely very analog. First got on the internet, like that's what we had to go through to get to a web page. We had to like click nine things to get to an article you want to read or something. Yeah, but. It's just, easier to fill out on paper and just send it in. Yeah. So someone was like, I'm going to turkey hunt this year. And then they would like Google it. They'd be like, what in the 
hell can I? How many birds can I kill? And what day can I kill them? And it's just what lottery's open. <laughs> yeah, it's just no good. So I put in for three lotteries this year. That's the most I ever have. Nice. Or three tags. So, so is there just not a lot of turkeys down there? Or? I don't know. There's turkeys. It's just I don't know. Being able to hunt them legally is a challenge. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. So there's five week, five different tags you can draw, and they're all five days long, and they're some have weekends, some don't, and you can draw a tag for one, you can put in for all five, and then not draw a tag for a second, and then you have to pick a certain county or a special hunt area. You can't just it's not just like an Illinois turkey tag; it's this county only. So. Homie That's turkey crazy. hunts a different county than I turkey hunt. So mm-hmm. if I if he killed down there and I didn't have a tag for down there, I couldn't kill another bird if I was with him. Even though I have an Illinois turkey tag. It's just it's a disaster. <laughs> so That's crazy. Something that but I mean for a new hunter that wanted to get into it, he would be I would I'm still confused on it sometimes. I have to read and like Every year, you're like, okay, what season has a weekend? What season has a weekend? You know, you're going through there. You're trying to figure it out. It's just it's just no good. But I think that is what is keeping the numbers down a little bit. And, you know, a lot of the population of Illinois is Chicago. I don't know how many people say, oh, you're from Illinois. How's Chicago? Like, that's the first thing they ask. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I don't know. You've probably been there more times than I have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hate that place. I don't even <laughs> go to the suburbs of it. You no. know? But people are like, how close do you live? I'm like, like three hours. You know, and I don't ever want to go there. It's not a place I like to go. <laughs> if I'm going there, it's because i got to go for work or something dumb. But And that is a last ditch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll drive I'll drive to Pepper, Wisconsin, six hours away before I go the two and a half to around Chicago. <laughs> so, to Cicero. <laughs> Yeah, Cicero is the last. The guys that work in Cicero are so safe. Oh yeah. They're like, yep, living my whole career right here. Never gonna <laughs> get bumped out of this spot. But, <laughs> but yeah, just getting back to the topic, I I feel like there needs to be more heritage. There needs to be more guys out there trying to start these traditions. You know, with the with the youth or with their uncles or someone. You know, get the family together, even if it's just a meal, like something small, like. Hey, I'm gonna fry up this fish that we caught in the spring, and I'm gonna let's do it, you know, shotgun season or something. Uh, just something that everybody could get around. And even if it's it starts out with, you know, three buddies, you know, five years ago, me and homie didn't have no kids. You know, if we would have did that five years just us, now it'd be us with wives and kids. And if there, you know, your son start having a friend friend that wants to hunt, he comes. It's gonna grow into a big deal over you know over the years so i feel like people need to start those traditions back and and talk about them to make other people want to start those traditions because when i hear your stories that's that's i want that i want that for my kids i want my kids to be able to look back you know if i may live long enough to have grandkids that was a special more special time for your grandpa probably than it was for you oh for sure so I, I want to have that. I want to be able to, I want my grandkids when I'm dead to still be talking about that time that we went hunting, you know, or we went to deer camp or whatever. 
So right. it's definitely seems like no one has time to do anything, but the hours of the day haven't shrunk from people in the past. They just prioritize them differently. Yep. What do you think, homie? You think we should start up a tradition somehow? Yeah, we'll come up with something. And just like I was saying earlier, you know, we're, we're going to be adding people to our hunting camp. And, um, you know, it's going to going to be something special. I told my wife, I said, when there's kind of a, it's a really good excuse if you think about it. So I was telling her, I said, you know, I'm going to be hunting. I'm going to have three boys that are hopefully going to be hunting. You're going to be hunting. Two boys that are gonna be hunting. We're gonna have to have a hell of a lease. <laughs> right. We're gonna have to drop some <laughs> serious cash. I said, you want these boys to have a good time and see deer? We take them out now and they don't see anything. So I said, it's gonna burn them out. So I mean, you get that many guys hunting, you're gonna have to have some hell of property. And she's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's gonna cost a lot of money. You know, you're either gonna have to lease something giant or have a three or four different small pieces everybody can spread out on or something but yeah it's definitely going to be a different different game but looking forward to it it's gonna be fun so all right tom well uh let the people know where they can find all your content and kind of i know you talked about your brand a little bit but any plans you got going for this year and uh what you what what you want the message of your brand to be just in a whole I already, yeah, no problem. Um, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. That's all we have at Oil Valley Outdoors for both. Um, for our goals this year, honestly, probably just to dig into the video more. That's something I've been saying I'm going to be doing. I just, I just haven't, you know, all excuses aside, I just plan on having. That's going to change here soon, but we're about to hit uh or not about to but we're pretty close to 10,000 followers there on facebook so that's kind of a huge deal for us we think and we're gonna have a big giveaway for that we're also gonna work like 15 away from 9,000 so we're gonna have a little giveaway for it but our 10,000 light giveaway on facebook is gonna be huge hopefully i got some plans for it but uh I don't want to steal any information out right now. You know, nothing set in stone. But as far as that, I mean, yeah, I mean, our message alone is just, I mean, we don't really have a message, I guess you could say, but just be yourself. Um, the reason we do what we do is because we love where we're from. We want to showcase what we do in the best possible way, and that's through photography. People can relate through not just our pictures but our stories and we're going to continue to do so and uh hopefully inspire some others to do as well just like you mentioned about the heritage dying so you know maybe it'll spark a few people here and there whether they're from pa themselves or from illinois who knows but as long as we can just reach a couple people and enjoy what we're doing i think it's the key thing if you're not having fun then it ain't worth it i think we're always going to have fun so yeah, I guess I that's like, it. Uh, I feel like that post you put out, you know, it. you see, you know, you, you're, you got some followers on your page and stuff, and you never know how much reach you have or how much impact you have. But a post like that had an impact on me, so you know it had an impact on other people. And homie made a post today 
uh, you know, about what he's got going. I feel like that it had an impact on me. I think it had an impact on a lot of people and it happens to me, you know, every day I see something and it either motivates me or makes me think about something different. So pages like yours out there posting genuine content, uh, everybody says there's too many of them, but I don't think there's enough because people are going to relate to things different and one post that has seven likes that you think didn't do anything might have really impacted someone and another post that you think was awesome might not have meant anything so yeah uh, literally that happens quite often i have this great picture in my mind i think's great and i'm like man this thing is gonna hit the wall you know like people are gonna love this and i post it and it gets like 10 lights combined i'm like dude <laughs> what the heck <laughs> yeah it's just not only is it just a picture, but also the story behind it, I think, has a lot to do with it. You know, just because it's a fantastic picture doesn't mean it's going to be intriguing to so-and-so, you know. But they can look at a picture and read a story and relate to it like, oh, man, I remember that time. I remember that time with my grandpa or whoever, you know, that definitely hits home a lot more than just a good picture. So we try to do both. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm a lot better with the pictures than I am the stories, but... <laughs> I try. <laughs> yeah, keep doing it, man. I like it. I like a good post with a good story, and um, it really, really helps if it comes from someone that I respect. Like when when Clint posts something online, like you were mentioning, homie, I always read it. Yeah, you know, when yeah. Josh posts something, I always read it. Chad, the people that you look up to and you you like to follow, you're always gonna read what they post, whether it's and Clint. He makes some long ones, but they're always good. I wish I could write as good as that dude. I would. <laughs> yeah i would definitely be trying to expire to be something else <laughs> <laughs> i can't talk right or uh i can read that's it but that doesn't help me out very much but i'm lacking in the other two you got anything homie no i just wanted to uh say thank you to tom for you know supporting us in the podcast and being you know a really good i guess fan of ours and um we appreciate everything that you've done for us man yeah, no problem at all. I mean, you guys are, besides just being hilarious and, you know, you can definitely just, you know, get that feeling of we all could be buddies. You guys put out some great intel and advice and tips and everything you can for when it comes to whitetail hunting. And that's something we all can take. Whether we can sit here and say we know it all or we don't, I can, I will never know it all. And that's what makes it exciting for me. You know, I'm, gonna continue to learn whether it's hunting or photography or whatever but being able to relate to you guys just through the whitetail woods is something i'm always grateful for because like i said it's literally when i listen to you guys i'll be driving to work or driving to so-and-so's place just putting your podcast on just listening like i'm sitting there right there with you you know just it's fun and it's, it's definitely exciting Well, we love hearing that, man. That's uh, yeah. definitely one of our goals is to just be relatable and have fun. You guys, you guys knock it out of the park for sure. I don't know how many times I've laughed just listening to you guys go on and on. <laughs> if people like some people will probably think that we're like putting on a scene, but that's just how we normally talk every day <laughs> of our lives. <laughs> we're just like my brain is so minute in how I think about things. And then everything's a joke, you know, until, you know, until it's serious. If it's got, if something's got to go down, it's got to go down. But 
I'm going to try to have as much fun as I possibly can doing anything. Right. That definitely shows it does. And that's, I think that's a big key too, that people are missing is the fun and everything. And we don't always have to be serious. You know, we don't always have to try to impress someone or themselves for that matter. Just let loose, have fun and makes it more enjoyable. I think. If you're honest, you don't have to ever put on a front about anything. That's what we try to do. Exactly. Try to be straight honest with everybody and what we got going and our faults and i mean how many people put out how many podcasts we put out about our faults homie gotta be like three yeah (laughs) yeah it's important i just think it's important for people to know like okay these guys are creating content they're killing deer but they're still messing up and doing the same shit i am so right but all right well i'm gonna wrap this up uh just so listeners we appreciate everything you guys do we're gonna get back into we missed last week that was the first week we've missed and since the start of the podcast with all the stuff going on, me having COVID and homie working away from home and working, I don't even know how many hours and just a lot of shit and then not being able to get together. And I can't even get out of bed and, but we missed it, but we're coming back with some content. We got a lot of cool episodes lined up for you guys. Uh, like we said, we're going to make some changes this year and we're going to podcast about what we want to podcast. And, uh, we thought like this would be a really good time for people to think about, you know, maybe starting a tradition next year or thinking about back into their heritage with their grandpa. Cause it's the end of the season right now. It's meant to reflect on, you know, what went right, what went wrong and what you can change. So hopefully we motivated someone out there to make a change and make a tradition and continue a heritage or maybe you guys had something you did for five years in the last two years you haven't done it and maybe you can get back into doing it next year but uh always do the right thing try to leave a a legacy and uh, wipe the legacies out 